Our gospel reading this morning comes from Luke chapter 7, verses 36 through 50. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and took his place at the table. And a woman in the city, who was a sinner, having learned that Jesus was eating in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster jar of ointment. She stood behind Jesus at his feet, weeping, and began to bathe his feet with her tears and to dry them with her hair. Then she continued kissing his feet and anointing them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisees who had invited him saw it, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what kind of woman this is who is touching him, that she is a sinner. Jesus spoke up and said to him, Simon, I have nothing to say to you. Teacher, he replied, speak. A certain creditor had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii, the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debts for both of them. Now which of them will love him more? Simon answered, I suppose the one for whom he canceled the great debt. And Jesus said to him, you have judged rightly. Then turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has bathed my feet with her tears and dried them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from that time I came in and she has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which were many, have been forgiven. Hence she has grown, shown great love. But the one to whom little is forgiven loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. But those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. I was coming home yesterday and listening to the radio, and one of our stations that we listen to is Air One, 92.7. People know that station. It's, it's, a, it's become a Christian station, but it's, it's known for having uplifting music. And the, the DJ was saying that there's a new report, uh, it's, it's like the USA, USA Today or one of those magazines, that said that mainline churches don't talk about heaven much anymore. And he said, I wonder if that's true. He says, I think it's true. I don't know it's true, but it feels true. And he said, I don't know why they don't talk about heaven more. He said, I'm no theologian. 
So but I would think that we would want to talk about heaven. We'd want to talk about how God will wipe away every tear and how that uh, there will be no more weeping and the, the poor will be fed and the sorrowful will be filled with joy and that's what heaven will be like. And I thought to myself, I actually agree with this man. He's not a theologian. That's supposed to be funny, okay. <laughs> But what he was doing was he was conflating two things. When we think of heaven, what do we think of? This is audience participation time. Jesus, death. Eternity, paradise. Bliss. There's no, there's no wrong answers here. This is the time when there are no wrong answers. You shout them out. Divine bliss. Beautiful, lofty clouds, angels, harps, streets paved with gold. Mom's not buying it. Angel choruses, angel band. What did Jesus talk about? Heaven on earth. The kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is amongst you. Where does that take place? Does it go off in the clouds? It's here. It's here. The reason why most mainline churches don't talk about heaven that much is they realize that if you live the kingdom of God here, the rest will take care of itself. Live your life here. Build the kingdom now. Sit with your father. Put your head on his shoulder on Father's Day, and Bill is in the kingdom of God right here, right now. He is. Aren't you? He is. I'm in so much trouble with Bill, I need to get out of it, okay? There is an old adage that the reason why a lot of people were against Christianity was because the adage was they will eat pie in the sky and the great by and by after they die. So you put up with everything that's going on here because it doesn't matter because when you die, there's a reward for you later. Is this a Christian position? Yes and no. It is, yes, because there is that. But that is not what Jesus spent 90% of his time talking about. He talked about how do we live here with people that are important to you. To say, I bring them into this faith community because this is important. This is my little kingdom of God. And hopefully you're building your kingdom of business or whatever you're doing on the side. But this is the kingdom of God that you're building here. Jesus walks into a leader of the Jewish faith, the, not a Sadducee, but a Pharisee, right? Thanks, this is why you write your sermons down. Walks into the Pharisee's house, and a woman comes from the city who is a sinner. We, I don't need to explain what that means, do I? Does everybody kind of have a clue what this woman probably did for a living? Okay. And she walks in, and she kneels behind Jesus, and she starts just 
weeping. She weeps her sins all over his feet. And she dries his feet with her hair and she takes the costly nard, which is holy oil, and she anoints his feet. And she's, can you, can you imagine you've gone into someone's house and somebody's doing this to you? How do you feel? Uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. <laughs> Awkward. How does, Scripture doesn't say how Jesus feels, but, but from the sense of the story, how do you think Jesus felt? He gets it. Humbled, I heard humbled. Yeah. All right. He, he just, shortest scripture and, and shortest passage in all of scripture. Jesus wept when he finds out Lazarus is dead. Jesus is with this woman in absolute and intimate moment. He's. I don't think he's feeling awkward. I don't think he's feeling. He's just. This woman is confessing her sins with her tears. You know what, what Mary said this morning was right and it wasn't. This woman never asked to be forgiven. Did you catch that? She doesn't say, Jesus, forgive me. We are so into words in our culture. Can we ask for forgiveness in tears? I think probably the most profound sense of prayer is when you just weep. You are just absolutely overwhelmed and you come to God and you just break down and there's just, there is nothing but tears coming. There are no words. There is just your grief, your sense of longing, your emptiness, everything and you grieve and God just gets it. And then we get done and say, okay, dear God, thank you for this day. I wish I was, no, God doesn't need to hear that. Is that how you talk to the person who is the most intimate with you? You say, Connie, thanks for coming over. It's really nice of you to show up today. We're going to have a dinner today. Is that all right? That's not how you talk to somebody that you have real intimacy with. You say, come sit down, sit down. Take a load off. Don't worry how you're dressed. Don't worry if your shoes are marking up the carpet. Come sit down. And the man says, the Pharisee says, you know, if Jesus knew the kind of woman that this was, if he knew, he wouldn't let her do that. Wrong. Wrong. The thing I love about Jesus, Jesus is for me, Jesus is like the perfect guy. On the one hand, he's just all, his heart just goes where it goes. His heart just goes to people, and yet he can be, he doesn't worry about what people think of him. My favorite character in NYPD Blue is Sipowitz. Remember Sipowitz? He's a curmudgeon. He's a crusty old curmudgeon, and there's one scene I love the most where he's, he's, there's this district attorney or whatever it is, and no, it was the defense attorney, and he's trying to get him, they need to do something, and, and the 
And the guy says, I'm not comfortable with that. And Sipowitz says, do you have a card? And he said, why? He says, you know, if you give me your card, the minute your comfort becomes important to me, I'll give you a call. <laughs> the minute your comfort becomes important to me, I'll give you a call. And that's Jesus. Honest to Pete, it is. He's with, he's with a man who's not getting it. And in his own home, he says, I came in, you gave me no water for my feet. She has done nothing but wash my feet with her tears. You gave me no kiss, the kiss of peace. Seriously, you didn't give me a kiss of peace when I entered your house? She's done nothing but kiss my feet since I've come. You didn't give me any oil for my head. This is not something you do when you go to a stranger's house. Unless you're Andy Sipowitz. Or Jesus. The problem is most people that can be that direct can be re are crusty all the time. But that's not who Jesus was. Jesus was just exuding love. Just love and forgiveness were coming from him out of every pore of who he was. And in the same love, he could say, you just don't get it. This woman has blessed me, and her sins are forgiven. That is not something that gets her to another place. Her sins are not forgiven so that she can get to heaven. Her sins are forgiven so she can live in her community and hold her head up. And she can enjoy the life that God gives us now. I'm not saying heaven's not important, but the reason churches don't talk a lot about heaven anymore is because if you live your life the way you are supposed to live it, heaven will take care of itself. It just will. But don't miss this. Don't miss sitting with your daughter and being open, emotionally open and vulnerable. We had a grief ritual two weekends ago. Man, I let go of stuff in my life. Woo, I realized there were years of stuff I needed to forgive myself for. And there were, there were three altars. One of them was an ancestor altar where you got blessings from your ancestor. There was another altar of forgiveness. And it was a forgiveness where you forgive yourself. For all the things that, you know, you've been holding on to. And I've been holding on to stuff. I'm just letting it go. I'm letting it go. I'm letting it go. I'm laying that burden down. And then you, you do your grief. And people were weeping and some of them were crying and, 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 and screaming their anger. And at first it was like, this is really freaky. And then it was, and then it was like, wow, this is really real. This is just, this is prayer. This is this woman teaching us how to pray. And Jesus says, you know what? Her sins, which are many, are forgiven because she opened her heart and she prayed it away. I invite us as a community of faith to do that. What we love most about our fathers is when they could be intimate with us and they could just let us cry on their shoulder, be who we needed to be.
teach us those important lessons and just accept us for who we are. That's the gospel. That's the kingdom of God here in our midst. And heaven will take care of itself. And that's good news. Amen.